Welcome to another episode of Toad's Tunes. Today, I get the privilege to sit down with Miss Carly Rogers as she comes through Vegas with Ali Colleen, made a stop at Stoney's Rock and Country. We got to talk about growing up in Vermont, moving to Nashville, growing up with a diverse musical background from the Red Hot Chili Peppers, the Eagles, Led Zeppelin, all the way back to Patsy Cline and Alan Jackson. We talked about playing on Broadway, hanging out with Stevie Mons, getting two birds stoned, and so much more. Let's get to know Carly Rogers. We got the tank topped off on the gas Got the bulldog barking in the back Loaded down four-door cans in the floorboard Smoking the console on Welcome to another episode of Toad's Tunes. This is a first. I don't know you. You're not playing here really technically as an artist. You're coming as a friend that's actually on stage singing with another artist. Yeah. I've been following you online. Creepy. You can go ahead and say it. Um, Miss Carly Rogers, how are you tonight? I'm doing well. How are you? <laughs> you learned <Words> way are hard. <laughs> <laughs> you learned way too much about what I was just saying. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're having a good time. This is fun. Dude, w- welcome back to Stoney's. You've been here once before kind of as a as a patron. Just as a patron. Nothing to do with music? Nope. Dude, let's talk about that experience. You're in town doing... Just honestly uh, messing around. Um, flew out here just to experience Vegas. I'd never been. Um, my roommate at the time was playing at another location in We town. can say it. They were over at Losers. That's fine. Over at Losers, bothering. yeah. And um, we popped in here and got hammered, watched the line dancing, and went back to MGM. Do you dance? I do. I used to be really good at it. I haven't done it in a while, but... The line dancing stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We had to do it in high school for uh, gym class one semester, so... I was really good at it as a kid and then did it a little while as an adult, but no, and I just didn't watch. You're still a kid. Don't say that. Still a kid. As I'm a child. still a kid. <laughs> as an infant. No, there's a, as an infant, there's a big difference between kid and a child, right? I guess so, Where'd you yeah. grow up? Vermont. Vermont. What part? Mm-hmm. Bennington. So it's like right on the um, New York and Massachusetts border. Okay. Yeah. I've been to Killington. Okay, that's an hour north. Okay, I skied there as a kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I used to live in Jersey for three years. And oh, of course, that I, makes sense. Yeah, and I, for some reason we end up in Killington, Vermont. I we just, call y'all leaf peepers. Every leaf, leaf peepers. peepers. Yeah, everybody from New Jersey ends up in Killington. Don't worry. Why? That's just the, the spot to go skiing, I guess. Yeah, it was weird. I was maybe 12, 13 years old when I did it, and the mountain was like straight straight the F down, man. I was like, holy shit. This straight is the F down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. AF. Yeah, I can say fuck on here. I can do what I want. But yes, it was straight the fuck down. Like, That's amazing. Yeah, my, I remember my mom telling me the story as I just, uh, she put a bandana over my nose and my face, and I got to the bottom of the hill, and there was fucking snot everywhere, but I beat her down by like 25 minutes. Cause, Why'd you beat her down? Because she You're was not supposed to beat people race, down. Like race, race, raced her down. <laughs> raced her down. She deserved it! <laughs> <laughs> mom. God damn it, Mom. Don't you put that bandana over my mouth. Listen, so, <laughs> I meet you via Instagram. It's fucking great. I like uh, We have some mutual friends, some people that I don't even know that I talk to that have come to me with other artists and, and stuff like that, Christina being the one. Mm-hmm. That's, I think that's how... I first found out about who you are, maybe through her, or maybe it was through Allie, I don't remember, but yeah. we were just having this conversation about your wonderful blue check mark because you're kind of a big fucking deal now. So um, let's talk about that. Yeah, I think it glitched, honestly. Um, I had been doing just like once a month, doing the request verification on Instagram. I don't know anybody over there, and everybody that I know, I don't mean to spill the beans, but whatever, I do this on every podcast. I spill some sort of like Nashville secret. Right. Um Everybody I know has always paid for it or, like, knew somebody at Instagram that was like, yeah, man, I'll just, like, go into the office and change it tomorrow kind of thing. Wow. Um, And I just was doing the once a month, doing the request verification, whatever. Showing your ID. Yeah, like, taking the picture with my license, whatever. 
And um, I had done it this one day specifically. My whole phone glitched up, restarted, rebooted, turned back on, went on Instagram, and I had it. It was like just Game instant. changer. Yeah. And an immediate game changer. Yeah. Started paying the bills with Instagram that day. That's crazy. Yeah. I always, I don't, I, last year it was really weird. I got a lot of those, um, those copycat profiles mm -hmm. and I'm like, I had a couple artists send me the stuff and they're like, bro, like what the fuck? And I'm like, well, clearly it's not me, but I don't understand why people even do that. I don't understand what they, I mean, especially me, I understand maybe an artist, and they do the fake thing of, hey, you're one of my biggest fans, you know, whatever, send me five bucks and I'll send you something, whatever. I get that side of it because people are scammers like that. But why? Sometimes I just, I don't know if it's a bot that does it or it's weird. I don't know. I think like it just shows up maybe in a, like a, I'm talking away from the microphone, sorry. You're okay. Um, in like some sort of weird, I say algorithm for everything now. It's kind of like when people refer to God or the universe is like, Whatever the Almighty is, I'm like the algorithm, the Almighty, that whatever is, it is. In so many different avenues, this world that the we live claw, in, like from Toy Story, just the <laughs> Almighty algorithm at this point. But um, that could have been one thing too that helped push mine, I guess, further into the system because I had hundreds. It was like every day there was ten to twenty fake profiles, like different ones being sent to me. Right. And so I don't know if that had anything to do with it or if the the conglomeration of TikTok too conglomeration that's not the word that i'm looking for but you know what i mean just out here trying to use Addition fancy words to. <laughs> i just drank a cup of coffee <laughs> um i'm on mountain dew <laughs> i literally just like down a cold brew from that coffee bean place oh wow around the corner um i'm a big stand-up comedy fan and one of my favorite comedians always talks about coffee bean who's so. your favorite comedian well one of my favorites this one specifically is chris Leah, but my favorite is probably tim dylan i don't know either one of them so i suck funny. I mean, they're all in the Joe Rogan crew, kind okay. of. Um, My favorite's Mitchell Mitchell Hedberg. I don't know Mitchell Hedberg. He's passed away, and I got to see him live once. He opened for Lewis Black, and I walked out of Lewis Black because because he, he did everything. so much greater. Well, no, Lewis did everything that he did on uh, the Late Show, whatever he was on, um, on cable. But like, I literally was sitting there. I'm like, I already know this one. I heard this one because I watched him on TV. It but was his material that, yeah. Yeah, he didn't even come up with anything new. But Mitch Hedberg is the guy that says, I went into a restaurant and ordered a club sandwich and I'm not even a member. And, That's he, just, and he would funny. just stop. Yes. <laughs> You're just like, wait, let me think about that. Oh, okay, that makes sense. He was just, but anyway. Yeah, I love that. I'll have to go back and listen to some of the stuff. And I just listened to like Chris Lea and Tim Dillon's podcast, Theo Vaughn. Right. Um, who else? Burt Kreischer. Guys like that. All comedians? And they all just, they're all comedians, and they're, like I said, all underneath that, like, Joe Rogan wing. Right. Um, I don't listen to a lot of the Joe Rogan stuff, but... I go through phases of listening to Joe Rogan. He's an interesting dude. His his uh, The way he looks at things is different. Sometimes if someone send me so sends me something that they've taken the time to listen to, mm -hmm. that means that I'll probably like it. But, I, yeah, I'm not an... I get the little update all the time on my phone every single day. New episode, new episode. But yeah. I don't I don't jump into them or anything. No, I scroll through because I do so much driving and so much road tripping that, like, I will scroll through when I've exhausted my other podcast right. for the week. Uh, Pat McAfee is another one that I listen to, but that's all sports talk. Um, and the three and a half hours, like, if I don't know who he's talking to or, for example, Jordan Peterson, I think, was the last one I tried to listen to, and the guy just would not quit, like talk to talk to talk it was not a dialogue it right. was simply like the guest just talking at joe the whole time and that's no uh, fun yeah no let's talk vermont yes how do you get into music 
musical music. Music. <laughs> music. How do you get into music? Do you have like, uh, is your family into it? Mm-mm. No. No. Um, from the legend states that even before I was talking, I was just singing along to the radio. Right. Screaming it. Um, telling my mom to like turn it up, turn it up. And then I started singing the national anthem at the BMX races in town because my brother and I raced. Okay. And um, that turned into the parades. Little League, uh, middle school, high school sports, all of that, national anthem. Finally, this guy comes along, and he's doing, like, a college project at the local college in town and wants to do, like, a School of Rock-type summer program for his senior thesis, whatever the course was. And so the middle school had picked, like, four of us kids to just throw into a rock and roll band. Right. We were playing everything from Ozzy Osbourne and Black Sabbath to Led Zeppelin and Jimi Hendrix. What was your role in that band? I was a singer. Okay. Yep. So and I didn't play guitar yet, um, and then Shelby Coon played the bass. Rest in peace, old Shelbert. Owen Page played um, the guitar, and um, Brandon, I can never remember his last name, and he's so Brandon Olson is uh, was the drummer, and he was so good. Like, Do they he, all I, still play? Do you talk to him still? Brandon still plays. Um, Shelby passed away in a car accident, unfortunately, after high school, um, and I don't think Owen plays the guitar anymore. Wow. But Sam still plays. The guy that, that came in and did the whole college project um he still plays and he's still in bennington does guitar lessons and so all sorts you do something like that and you really find your 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 passion for it mm-hmm. right and, and somehow you get to nashville yes um i only applied to one college and it was in nashville which one belmont belmont which that's is where, where i met ally okay yes which it, is why i'm here tonight <laughs> that's not why you're here tonight everything happens for a reason you're here tonight because you're supposed to be here tonight yes. right that's that's what happened. the almighty algorithm brought me here tonight <laughs> it was the claw yes the claw i'm going to show you a claw machine we have a white claw claw machine okay here like, i believe it think about that i've always wanted that does do the claws have the hook like the tab is sticking straight up so you have to hook no the tab in order to pull it no it's just a. it's a cheap one it's from china whatever mm. all right so you go to Belmont, you go to school there. Obviously, I'm going to guess something music-related, mm, music no, business or I something. I got a Bachelor of Science in Entertainment Industry Studies. Simple, yeah. right? So All then, entertainment. So that was your move to Nashville was to go to college mm-hmm. by yourself? Well, mm-hmm. Your parents were like, go on, get? Yeah, basically packed the Penske truck and said, see ya. Wow. I was at, 17. Okay, I was just going to ask that next one. That's a big step at 17 years old to get up and go to a school. Did you know that's where you wanted to go? And where you, was it that you applied to the school? Had you ever gone there before? Mm-mm. No, oh, so my, my Nana told me probably, I guess, when I was like 13 or 14. So as a sophomore, like, if you want to play country music, you want to be in this rock and roll band, like, you got go to you gotta go to Nashville. That's where all the country music singers are at or whatever. And, um, and we listened to old Patsy Cline, Alan Jackson, like everything that, you could possibly think of the whole, all the cassette tapes. There's right. probably this table's full of, of cassette tapes back in my grandmother's house at Old Country and stuff like that, which basically was like, all right, I guess that's where I'm going. I don't want to go to New York. or. Is that what your parents listened to as well? Mm-hmm. My mom um, was more like the Eagles, kind of uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Um, Dad was definitely into like Zeppelin. and You know, it's um, one band I just can't get into is the Peppers. Peppers, yeah. I think maybe Under the Bridge is the only song I've ever liked by them. There's maybe. a few, I think, are classics, but I'm a one or two song kind of guy anyway. Yeah. I don't well, you're do... not really a guy, are you? Something I'm you want to all... talk about? <laughs> no, I'm always like a, oh, I'm this type of guy. It's just easier. Right. It's less corny than saying like, oh, I'm such this kind of girl. Gal. Gal. Wow. Yeah. I, nah. I, 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 at this day and age, I, I mean, you can, 
What's up, my guy? I guess that works. Yeah, I'm, I feel it. I'm a heterosexual woman, but that being said, no, I'm a guy in a lot of things, too. I mean, okay. look at me. I look like a lumberjack right now. Kind of. Comfy clothes. Kind of. Braun. The brawny guy, whatever. Yeah. The, yeah. So you get to Belmont. You're doing music. Um, what was your scene like in, in Nashville? Did you find yourself going out and did you do the Broadway thing? You did. Mm-hmm. That was, um, I mean, I missed a lot of class at Belmont to play shifts on Broadway. Right. Yeah, I did the whole thing. I was playing sometimes triples, quadruples in a day. I, um, you know, John Marks? Mm-hmm. So I sat with John Marks not too long ago and we had this conversation about Broadway. And there's two types of artists to me. There was until I really had this conversation with John. He he saved me. It's the the people that play on Broadway, and yeah, and the people that want their own career. That's the way that I thought of it. But he brought to my attention the ability to play Broadway and build your career, mm-hmm. hone your craft, build a, f- a fan base, an audience. And I never looked at it that way, and I was super stoked on that. Do you do you still go down there and play? Do you? Mm-mm. Not at all. No. Um. If I go down there, I might jump up and do like one or two. Right. I do miss it, but those four-hour shifts, yeah, man, they that. get you. And I'll even do, like, two-and-a-half, three-hour acoustic gigs on the beach somewhere or bar gigs across the country if I feel like it, but solo acoustic, and I am not. Like, I'm taking breaks, you right. know? Right, a lot of and them. And the, the Broadway bass pay, too, is a joke. Um, I, well, it used to be. A lot of places have upped it because they've all been, you know... Um, well, they have to compete with each other now. Well, and they're all taken over by, like, the same three corporations that are under... Whatever rules, it's basically like a the the legalities union stuff like that. You have to make a minimum now, so that's good for them though. Yeah, but I when mean, I was playing, it was forty dollars for four hours, no breaks. You had to pay for a cup of tap water. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard the stories, man. I've heard the stories, and a lot of people. Uh, when we started, we haven't always done live music at Stoney's. Uh, we've always peppered it in once or twice a year, maybe three three times a mm-hmm. year, and then I would say it was about. Maybe eight years ago, we started doing it on a regular basis, um, and it's kind of fun. I mean, for me, I'm 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 I always like to tell myself that I'm this kid that just loves finding the next thing. Mm-hmm. I just enjoy that, and I love sharing that with people that I'm friends with or people that follow me online, that sort of thing. That's where I get my enjoying is enjoyment is introducing them to something new that I'm digging on, and um, I enjoy that kind of stuff. But um, I'm trying to think of where I was going with that. When I talked to John Marks about the whole idea, he explained to me about building an audience and, and really making yourself a master at what you're doing. you feel that you, that you accomplish that by playing on Broadway? I do. I feel like you got to play to every kind of crowd, for yep. one. You got to play to two people that were in there at 11 o'clock in the morning on a Wednesday, and then you got to play to the wild and crazies that are in there on Saturday night at one thirty in the morning, you know. The bridesmaids. Yeah. And yeah. the bachelorettes and the bachelors and whatever the other cases are. Um but it was really great. I got to play with a lot of different musicians. So I got to play with different musician types. You could probably learn exactly what you want in your band. Mm-hmm. I got to I mastered this sounds so horrible, but like as a woman especially not to sound feministic over here, but as a woman, especially like having to ask people for money because you have to run the tip jar. Right. Like I got really good at asking people for money in a polite way that didn't feel like I was begging. But again, like what a shitty thing to learn how to do, I guess. Right. Um, but you it gotta worked. make a living. Yeah, and how to I guess manipulate business in that manner. Um, <clears throat> I learned the importance of making the bar or the venue money. Sure. Um, well, if they're not open, you're not there. 
Right. And and if they're not making sales, you're not getting the bonus at the end, whatever the case. What you know. One of the things that I remember what I was going to say was a lot of the artists have come through here that play on Broadway. They they always say that we need to bring Estonians there to level the playing field because right. I've had situations where artists have wanted to come here and play for free because of its name or Vegas or Stonies or whatever. And I'm like, the end of the day is I don't ask anybody to do anything for free. Nothing. We, we can trade something out where I can benefit you, you can benefit me. But the musician side of it all, there's, I want to pay everybody for that. And as the artists would come through here, they were super excited to get paid. And they always say, you need to open a place in Nashville. Well, we actually went back and looked at a place, uh, mm-hmm. the FedEx building that was, that's downtown. And yeah. it, it's absurd amounts of money. Like I sit back and I think, and then you hear how much money these other bars are making. You're like, Jesus Christ, man. Like that's a lot. Yeah. Like there's, there's a lot, but I don't, I myself, I'm not a cover guy. I don't like covers. I've yelled at artists that not yelled, but I've had conversations with artists that are with bands that have come through and done covers. I don't like it Yeah. because this is an opportunity for you to, to shine at what, at what you do. Um, when you started getting into music and writing your own stuff, how did that how did that happen for you? Is it just something that you knew that you wanted to do? Because you said you were singing the stuff on the radio. Did you start at a young age writing? Yeah, so I still have the, the diary that I um, wrote my first song in. And it was, I don't know, I was like eight or nine. And I got grounded. My grandmother punished me, grounded me. And I couldn't leave the stoop. So she had a little driveway, a little you know stoop or whatever. And uh, that was as far as I could go, which was just right outside the garage door. I could talk to my friends and stuff from the road. They couldn't come in the driveway, and I had to sit on the stoop. And I sat there and wrote my first song. And um, I just used to write them down in notepads, like poems, basically. But in my head, I would remember the lyrics or the uh, the melody. And then I played piano as a kid, so I would sit down with the piano and try to plunk out chords and things. And First instrument, piano? Piano. Can you read music? Mm-hmm. I can. I mean, to now it's like me trying to read Spanish. Sure. Like, I know what it should be, but I like guitar tabs a lot better now. And you can read guitar tabs? Mm-hmm. My son uh, wanted to play drums as a kid. I wanted him to play drums. Um, I gave him piano lessons from... For me, it was about reading music. I don't know how to read music. But I'm like, dude, if he's got this talent, like, why not go a little bit further with your talent? So I piano lessons for like mm-hmm. two three years so he could read music he gets into sixth grade joins the band plays the drums and the teacher hands out this music sheet he's like i don't expect anyone to know this but this is what we're going to learn this year and they put it down in the thing my son put it on there and he had already learned that stuff from that and played it and the teacher actually pulled him aside and was like uh what's going on man like yeah. what's up here he's like yeah i know how to read music it was like the neatest thing in the world so i think that that's probably a great start right piano yeah. then you and so then i went to drums too i joined the middle school band and Play drums? Yeah, I played the drums. I played Your parents the must have hated you with all that loud noise. I never practiced. Oh, wow. I never practiced. I was way away from the microphone again. Sorry. Um, no, I never practiced. It's showing up there. You're fine. Sweet. Perfect. You're, fine. You're totally fine. Allie did the same thing. Just yeah, just leave. It, well, I'm trying not to breathe. I'm a mouth breather. Yeah. So I'm trying not to like <laughs> breathe right in the microphone. You want me to change that when you're done? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> so you you get down, you start writing music. Your first writing, your like first co-writing experience was it with somebody that you knew or somebody brand new? Oh gosh, I don't know if I remember my first co-write. I was so stubborn about co-writing at first. You were were you one of those people that I can do my do it by myself? I just always did because right. back home, like I didn't know that co-writing was even a thing. I didn't know that artists didn't write their own music. Music, some of them, right. not all of them, but some of them. Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, I actually put out like eight or nine songs that are still out on a couple of different streaming services between 
SoundCloud, Reverb Nation, and all of those when I was in high school, in middle school. Um, and those were all self-written. And then it might have been a guy named Todd Hanchock. Might have been my first co-write. And that was on account of somebody at Tootsie's telling me, if you don't just, like, lose the ego and start co-writing, you're never going to get good. Right. Like, you're not even good. So, like, get good. And then the guitar playing came into effect, too, the same way. Just, like, if you don't learn how to play guitar, you're never going to do anything. Self-taught? Just kind of, like, p- picked it up, heard things, and started playing? I knew, like, maybe just the G chord or whatever, but I didn't play any chords when I first started. I just practiced strumming. I put my headphones in and practiced my rhythm. Right. And then once I got good at that, I learned that Gunpowder and Lead by Miranda Lambert's like the easiest song to play. I'll have to so, remember that. Yeah, I just put on YouTube like how to play Miranda Lambert, Gunpowder and Lead, and it's the same three chords over and over, just about the same stance, like the G chord. Yeah. And so played it um, and got good at it. And that was like my audition song for Tootsies, essentially, just for my acoustic. Because I was singing with the bands, but to be able to play acoustic, I was like, if I can just... Let them think, I know this one song. I can and get the shift. So what did you do? Just wing it from there? Yeah, pretty much. If I could get that one, I could learn at least 10 more. Wow. And then I'd play the same 10 songs four times, you know, in a four-hour set or whatever the case was. And you're splitting it with three people at, at Tootsie's solo acoustic shows. Or I hate to keep giving them a shout-out because I did not enjoy playing there very much. But Dude, it's part was, of it's part of your journey. That was where we cut it. Yeah, we cut it out. So my stalkerish again finds you in Florida on a boat. Yes. So um, it must have been August, September. Yeah, mid-August. Um, I moved on to my parents' old boat that was down here in Florida, down here. Down uh-huh. there in You're Florida. nowhere near Florida. I have no <laughs> idea where I'm at any day of the week. It's a different city literally all the time. Um and yeah, I did six weeks on it, which I spent a lot of time, you know, like not on it. But were you playing down there while you were down there? I w- I am. Yeah, yeah. I was. Um, I was traveling though still too. So I had just done my road trip from Miami to Seattle and back. Just oh, me and my dog. Shit. Yeah, we drove all the way from acoustic or just acoustic. doing shows. Yep. How did you book those shows? All independent. Yeah. I just either cold called or I played venues that I'd already played before. I did the same thing a year ago. Um, or the year before. You enjoy I, that? I loved it. Why? It's just me and the dog in a car right. for f- 14 days, 16 days, something like that, and getting paid to play an absurd amount of money, just solo acoustic. And sure. Just stopping at places a lot of times just like this along the way that would give me an hour slot, or I was opening for other people that, yeah. again, just was like, hey, I'm rolling through St. Louis. You guys got any shows that weekend you need an opener for or whatever the case the was. The hustle. Yeah. What did you do during COVID? I kept playing. Just Same thing. Just backyards and stuff like that? and just Bars down in Florida and Texas. Because those were the easiest ones to play at. Mm-hmm. Well, in the end of 2020, so like July, August, we did our road trip from Nashville to Seattle and back. And we played seven different cities that whole trip. Um, there and back between, like, I think we did St. Louis. Well, we did Nashville, Memphis, St. Louis, uh, Sioux Falls, South Dakota, Helena, Montana, Spokane, and then we came back and did a couple more. I can't remember now. So, so wh- yeah. why Florida? Because the boat's there, or you just wanted to get out of Nashville? Did you want to... I kind of was looking at, like, just relocating, taking a break, hibernating for the winter. Um, I met a guy in Nashville that was from that area, too. Um, but my parents were... They already had a boat there. 
It was a free place to stay. I'm familiar with the Clearwater, St. Petersburg, Tampa area because my parents had already familiarized me with that area. Right. And um, I just wanted to kind of hibernate, and I wasn't sure between there, Texas, or Montana. So when I met the guy, I was like, eh, let me check out Tampa for a little bit. Right. As it seemed yeah. cool. Do you know Stevie Montz by any chance? I love Stevie Montz. <laughs> yes, and he's in uh, Panama City. Yeah, I know he's down there a lot. I have a um, we have a hashtag here. It's hashtag FSM, and that stands for Fuck Stevie Montz. Really? Uh, oh, we love him. He's yeah. like he's definitely one of our faves. Um, but he's always so sensitive, man. That's why I always say I'm just like fuck Stevie Montz. <laughs> no, Stevie's always been so kind. Um, I moved to Nashville so young. And I had a fake ID, and so I was already hanging out at Losers at 18, 19 with, and I would name drop, but just with dudes that are now. Huge. Well, not even that, but we're huge then. Right. And um, Stevie was always in that mix, and I hate to put it this way, but Stevie's got a couple years on me and has always just been like, Carly's like my little sister. You know, she's cool. And him and a few other guys have just always been so kind. and. Um, always had advice if I ever asked for it or always were willing to like throw me in a right or throw me on a show or whatever. So very kind. I'm trying to think how I met Stevie, but he's played out here a couple times. He's done a couple headlining shows here and, mm-hmm. um, he's, he's sensitive as hell. I always like to say that, um, that's probably my favorite thing about him. He's one sensitive dude. We were actually, uh, at route 91. We were on the stage with Jake and me, him couple other people heather was with us and heather has a video on her phone and then we got off the stage and that's when the shit hit the fan mm. but we were with stevie that whole weekend he's such a he's he's such a neat dude and I, I love having fun with him like um there's a guy that used to come here he he's he's not in this world with us anymore sad but he's not here mm-hmm. but he's the one one night stevie played and he made us all shirts that had hashtag fsm and we just literally yeah. stood at the front of the stage with these fuck stevie mont shirts yeah. i still have it in my closet. Um, I like to call him every now and then just out of the blue and he's usually playing right. and I'll call him like three or four times and finally he'll answer and he'll have his guitar and he'll look down on a FaceTime and I'm just like, I get it, bro, but I just wanted to say <laughs> yeah. hi. He's just, just wanted to say fuck you. Yeah, and it's literally, that's, I mean, yeah. this is, I just made these and um, <laughs> you notice <laughs> my finger? <laughs> yes. Yeah. But that's literally, yes, I think everybody does that. I just I assumed that. that you would know him just from being down there and doing that that whole circuit down there with him. Yeah, but I never played with Stevie. Stevie oh. was never a Broadway guy to me. He was always a Midtown guy. I just meant in a sense of Florida mm-hmm. is what I was referring oh, yeah. to. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah. And actually, he he moved to Florida during the pandemic, but he and I connected because during like the beginning of 2020, I was down. My parents were still living like in that Tampa area. Um, so I was there all year. And yeah. we corresponded, but Panama City is so far from Tampa. Yeah, I don't know the region very well. I just know he was. Down. I just assumed yeah. that. I'm, shoot me for that one. Man. No, 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 shoot it's okay. I forget that we're not on the East Coast. We're like <laughs> two thousand miles away right now. Just a couple miles away. Yeah. Just a couple. What's your favorite song that you've done so far? Um, man, these walls really strikes a chord for me. But I love Hell Raised. I wrote it with Allie, um, and Brad Wagner. These walls I wrote with Ethan Willis, Hayden Kaufman, and Clayton Shea. Hayden Kaufman, better off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I don't know him, but I like that song. When you say Hellraise, are you, are you um, Allie's song? No, so I've got a song called Hellraise okay. um, that Allie wrote with me and a guy named Brad Wagner. Okay. Um, and then, I don't know, does Allie have a Hellraise song? Not the only hell my mama raised. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, that's that's a I good one. Thinking. I didn't know if you were cutting it short or something like that. No. If, no, I've got one. Um, 
And these walls is about the house that I grew up in. We've got a music video to it in the house that I'm singing about. Oh, wow. My grandmother's in it. My baby cousins pretend to be my brother and me. Like, they're our actors. So that's really neat. That's kind of neat, too. Yeah, we drove literally my videographer and me, um, Alejandro. He used to play for Riley, maybe when Riley played here. Okay. Um, but I basically text him. I'm like, hey, what are you doing tonight? And he goes, nothing. And I go, you want to make a road trip? And he goes, where? I go, Vermont. From? And he goes, Nashville. Oh, shit. And it's 19 hours from Nashville to where I'm from. And he was like, when we coming back? I go, Sunday. And he goes, all right. So and we drove up, it. shot the music video, turned around, came right back. What's your favorite thing about music? Like, what's your favorite process? Writing, recording, playing? The traveling part? Yeah. Can I say that? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, you just love being on the road. I love being on the road. I'm addicted to that. I love performing. Um, the roller coaster is addicting as far as, like, the, the chaos and then the, the silence. The chaos yeah. and the silence is neat. But um, the storytelling. Yeah. I mean, there's so much. There's so much to be in love with. That's kind of cool. What are your goals, like, for the rest of this year? As an artist, like, do you have more music you're putting out, more writing, more I touring, do. more, more fucking road trips? Jesus. Yeah, no, I'm slowing down on the traveling. Um, I'm getting my traveling vicariously through Ali this year. Yeah. And um, trying to write more solo just to get back to that. I've got a lot more ideas. Living the where I've been living down in Florida has been absolutely amazing on this beautiful ranch, and um, I've gotten a lot of ideas and stuff. But I've got seven or eight songs that we're going to steady put out throughout the year. Do you do you prefer acoustic versus full band? Performing? Yeah. For me, it's easier just because the budget. Um, Let's just say the budget, budget wasn't a matter. thing. Yeah. I love performing with the band. And yeah. you'll see that tonight. Like, I, I get a lot of energy and stuff, but the travel part, just me not having to manage any other people. <laughs> Personalities. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I don't have a tour manager. I don't have anything like that do so you want to i mean is that something you want to do or are you are you sa satisfied with the acoustic side and just you and having to worry about you and your dog and um oh, i mean both i suppose but like the process of finding um how do i want to word this i've been able to i've been very lucky to travel with people that i've always gotten along with that right. have also been busy so with that being said to find a whole new group and team to be able to do all of the things um, we just haven't gotten there yet. Is that I a would goal? love to. I, I would love that, to. That yes. is a goal. Here. Eventually, I would love to, but it's got to be the right people. Well, sure. I refuse to go back at again with anything that that's less than um, enjoyable because it's just not. If if you got the wrong group, uh, I've seen some stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've been privileged enough, privileged enough to see some stuff roll through here where you just know it's not right. Well, and also maybe chalk it up to a little bit of complacency and laziness, but like, I'm just sick of. Being the babysitter, you know. Yeah, that's why. That's why you need Bev. Yeah, I know. I need. A, <laughs> I need a Bev in my life. Um, and I had one for a while. She was amazing. Her name was also Carly, but she ended up getting really busy too, doing her own stuff. And so I was like, whatever. I'll just do the acoustic touring, which absolutely amazing. I love this little like cross country road trip thing that I keep doing every year. I think you have to do that, and you have to do it at a younger age for sure. I can tell you that when I first started doing music stuff, I had a house. And I was home every other weekend. Yeah. And that's it. Yep. And when I would come home, I would be like, I'm not doing this anymore. Then I'd end up back out on the road again. Mm -hmm. And I was chasing the CMJs, the South by Southwest of the world. Like, I was doing all of these things in a different genre of music, but still enjoying what I did. But the traveling for me, I, 
there's no fucking way. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I laugh right now. I, I flew out to North Carolina. Um, Dylan Carmichael's camp asked me to fly out and MC a show um, for a fundraiser they were doing in North, North Carolina. And it was Thursday night, private party. Friday night was the event. Mm-hmm. I flew out Tuesday afternoon and didn't come home till the following Tuesday because there's no way. I could not imagine flying to North Carolina in one day. I don't know. I just drove from Tampa to Virginia Tech and back in 48 hours. I did, yeah, I do shit like that all the time. How far is that? Oh, it was 12 hours from Tampa to Blacksburg, and then Blacksburg back, literally just all in a matter of 48 hours. Um, a month ago, I had an artist come through here, and he brought some friends. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see how I can do this in the cliff notes. My buddy Steven, uh, God bless his soul. I don't understand how, it's the neatest thing in the world. He meets the neatest people in the world. So his first single he ever had Slash played guitar on it, randomly. Fucking crazy, right, 10 years ago. Uh, then he's got a song with T-Pain. He's got another one with the dude from Uncle Cracker. Like, he's just got the, like, he's just the dude. Like, mm-hmm. and he's friends with, his first time I ever played here, uh, Drake's dad shows up and gets on stage with him. You're just like, what, what the yeah. fuck's going on? So he comes out here and he plays with, uh, uh, Charlie from, Charlie Collin from Train. Mm-hmm. And they, they sing Drops of Jupiter and, uh, Calling All Angels. Then mm-hmm. he does this other set with this Sean guy who's, uh, Smash Mouth. And you got Sugar Ray. Then you've got Uncle Cracker. Like, he's got all right. these guys. Well, one of the kids that was playing is mentored by Charlie from Train. He's 23 years old. Goes just to Berkeley School of Music in Spain. Wow. Well, the kid's dad is here, and we just start shooting the shit. And we're sitting at dinner, and we just got along, right? I've known the guy an hour and a half. And he looks at me. He goes, Toad, man, what are you doing tomorrow? Well, I don't fucking know what I'm doing tonight, let alone tomorrow. He's like, you want to go on a road trip? And I go, for what? Like that? And he goes, here's the deal. He goes, I own a cattle ranch in Manti, Utah. have no idea where the hell that is. He goes, if you go with me, I'll give you a quarter of it because that's not spoken for. Bring a couple coolers. I'll meet you in St. George, and then we'll trip up together. He goes, because I'm going to St. George tonight. I went, I'm in. He goes, seriously? 2.30 in the morning, he sends me a pin of Mm -hmm. his place in St. George, which is also Sand Hollow, probably one of the prettiest places I've ever been to outside of Lake Powell because that place is fucking beautiful, too. But we screw around sand dunes, razors, and then we get in the truck and we drive up. Um, I end up in Salt Lake. Five and a half, six hour drive because of the snowstorms and everything. It probably took us, I don't know, 12 hours to get there. But road trips like that I can handle mm-hmm. um, because they're spontaneous. Right. The shit you're doing, I don't know about 19 hours. I mean, what are you driving? <laughs> yeah, a Hyundai Sonata. <laughs> a Honda, no, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, before that, it was a Nissan Sentra. Um, a Nissan Sentra that was leased. It was uh, ten thousand miles a year, <laughs> dude. <laughs> and so I had it factored out because I also at the time I had that when I first got it. I'd been dating a guy that lived thirty six miles away, oh, so wow. I was like, if I can drive to and from his house every day, like that's how many miles I'm allotted per day. It's like seventy two miles right. a day. No, I was taking this thing from here to Vermont and back, and like you turn that fucker in, and they were like, "You owe us a lot." Yeah, no, I had to switch it out for another car, and another like, lease. Yeah, yeah, well, not even now. I bought it outright, but, um, but the Sonata, yeah, I've had it since 2020 now, and it's got 200 thousand on it. Yeah, um, our CFO here has a Forerunner with 480 thousand miles on mm-hmm. it that oh, he's put years. on it. That yeah. he's put on it him, himself. Absolutely. Um, my brother had a Tacoma that 380000 on it and turned it in and still got back for it. Yeah. Wow. Toyota's run forever. Wow. I would say Hyundai's do too because I have not. I've just kept the oil up on it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He said original transmission and, and original motor. I'm like, holy shit, balls. Mm-hmm. Like, I have a 17 Tundra that's got 
I think I just turned 70,000 miles. It's got nothing on it. Nothing. Yeah. It's like brand new. And my Audi that I have out there is a 2015. You're just telling everybody everything you drive. I don't care. Yeah. It's old. It's a 2015 Audi and it's only got 40,000 miles. I don't drive very much like no, that. I can tell. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like to stay home. Good for you. <laughs> no, I'm starting to learn the art of that. Like I said, I'm slowing down on the touring this year. Right. Playing more. Um, I don't want to call them quality shows, but just not playing. Like I was just doing every, every, every weekend. That's a lot. Three, four shows that were two to three hours each sometimes. Um, and when we did have full band shows and stuff, they were always great, you know. But I almost was like, damn, the convenience of just pulling up and, like, plugging in and playing right. <laughs> just for those two hours sometimes really does beat the chaos of a full day's worth of. Is this what you yeah. see yourself doing the rest of your life? I do, yes. Yeah. The music side of it all. Absolutely. Touring. Yes. We're going to get you a full band and a manager, right? Yes. Because <laughs> you can't come back to Stoney's on your own as an acoustic artist. I'm no, sorry, I know. But you know what, though? I can have a band here tomorrow that yeah. knows all my stuff. Right. Yeah. I could fly them in right now. Right now. So what you're saying is you want to come back and play full band at Stoney's? Absolutely. You know what's funny? Don't even need a manager. I know the guy. I know the guy that can make that happen. No way. Yeah. He's pretty you think cool. That, yeah, you think we could sell some tickets? Um, so We're going to work on that. I'm going to tell you something that's really neat about Stoney's is... We're almost a soft ticket venue, mm -hmm. almost, because our walk-up is insane. Like, right. people don't pre-buy tickets here unless it's a huge artist. That's the only time we really sell a lot of tickets. Mm -hmm. But our walk-up's for 600, it doesn't matter if they know them or not. Yeah. So it's a blessing for artists that are less known, you know, sort of thing, because um, they know they're not going to book anything this garbage. Right. I think that that's kind of what we've built as kind of what, what we Safety do. Is, yeah. Well, I mean, in a sense of you're not going to come in on a Friday. It's happened before. We've had one person in here that really... Um, say their name. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I will say her name. No, don't do it. You didn't have to say her. It is a her. Oh, it was the shittiest night ever. I was actually out at a Pussifer show, and we weren't allowed to have our phones out, and my phone is fucking exploding. The one night. The one night. Oh. And I find, I pulled my phone out. Security came up to me like three or four times, and finally I just looked at my buddy Dave I was with. I was like, Dave, I have to go. I have to leave right now. And I get down here, and it was... Um, was it just like the strawberry video I got, the whole time? No, 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 no. It was... Um, I'll find the video. It's disgusting. It's disturbing. Uh, it was bad. And it was someone that signed a record deal, and you probably know who it is. But anyway, ah, I, can't wait I don't think they're out. signing more. But anyway, so the rest of the year, what do we got for you? Let's talk about it. The rest of the year, what are we going to do? We put out more music. We got more music. We're going to um, get a band together, and by like August, September, you're playing Stoney's Rock and Country. Yes, Done. absolutely. I'm in. Um, I think I'm going to be, yeah, I'm going to be out with Allie a lot more. Yeah. Um, Supporting your guys' a single together, supporting her. Are you gonna like work on opening? Like, because <laughs> Stonies won't let you. <laughs> yeah, right. Some of them, if they let me, um, if it works out, and if the the local place doesn't have their own opener, of course. All right. But I'm really enjoying just tagging along. We do um, blame it on the wine. Yep. So that's fun. Um, and I've always just it's kind of a dream for me to just sing harmonies in a band. Like really? I just wanted to be the harmony singer. And so we're getting two birds stoned, as I like to say, because it's less two violent that way. Yes, it is. Um, <laughs> getting two birds stoned. And, you know, <laughs> for some reason, Peter won't, <laughs> won't use that one. They still say that that's a crime against animals or something. Because, you know, killing two birds with one stone, it's violence against animals. Right. But not PETA. Is it PETA? Sure. PETA's the one for the... I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's somebody. It's yeah. somebody crying about something. Yeah, so it's less <laughs> violent, but they still don't agree with birds smoking pot, I guess. Getting two birds stoned. Stoned. It's so much more peaceful. I'm putting that on the shirt. No, because I already have it. Where? In a merch shirt. Where? Trademark. 
Don't idea. Push, <laughs> idea. It's on an idea list. My buddy, my buddy Greg, uh, known him since I was 13. He does all my T-shirt printing for mm-hmm. me, and he just got um, a direct-to-film printer. Yeah. And this is my clothing company, famous enough, and he does direct to film. So I just did this last week because I love the design. I want to see how it would do. Look so at you. So can you see how my hands are moving? Yeah. No. I have a list of ideas. I want to just learn how to do the printing thing myself, too, but that's just another hat that I'm not ready to put on yet, I guess. It's expensive. This machine he bought was a grip. But see, like, I keep talking to him. I'm like, okay, direct to garment, don't do it. Direct to film, do it. But I have so many amazing ideas that would make so much money as long as they got in the right eyes. You know what okay, I mean? So, so I want, I want, I want, let, let, let's have some fun. Dylan Carmichael, you know him? Mm-hmm. So him and I were at dinner one night, and he says to me, I have an idea for a t-shirt. My girlfriend goes, don't say it. Total do it tomorrow. And uh, he goes, you want to go 50-50 on it? I, no, I said, you want to go 50-50 on it? He goes, no, 49-51. I said, I don't do business like that. It's either win-win or no deal. He yeah. goes, all right, 50-50. We shook hands. He tells me, well, there's this shirt floating around Nashville right now. And all it says is Nashville recording artist. Yes. So I did that shirt with Dylan. I did the artwork, printed yes. 75 and whatever, sent him to him. Well, now he just signed with Make Wake. Um, their whole team is building a website for it. I bought a domain name, and we're just going to... Just have money. So the neat You're part just of gonna have money. Yes, yes, I want money. I have my hands on everything. But the idea of the shirts that you want. So we're gonna have some fun with this. Let's keep in touch because I can do one shirt. Yes, they're just like that idea. They're just one line zingers. Just- well, that. But the other idea is that you put it up somewhere, put it on your socials, collect mm-hmm. your money, and then say say you sell ten shirts. Guess what? Mm-hmm. We print ten shirts and off they go. There you it's go. that See, simple. You don't I- have to do shit. Yeah, that's all except I collect do. money, like the pre-order thing. Or whatever that well, is. Well, so I did this one for fun, and I haven't taken a picture of it, but I want to put a picture. Like, people that have seen it, like, I fucking love it. It's simple. It's neat. It says, I'm famous enough, whatever. Yes. But if I, I know that if I put it up, people will buy it. I have a website, so if I put it up, and I don't have to print anything. Like, yeah. I have a closet at home that's just filled with the stock of all the other shirts. I don't want that anymore. I just right. want, oh, you want a shirt? Cool. I'll ship Sweet. it out to you tomorrow. Okay, Greg, I yes. need one. And he drop ships it. We split the profit. It's done. So I can't wait to learn this process through working with you guys. It'll be fun. We're going to do it. Dude, let's get you downstairs. Tell people how to find you online. Rogers Carly on Instagram. Carly Rogers on Google. Um, I might be switching my domain name to Carly Rogers. The girl that owns the Carly Rogers domain finally sent me a DM back and was like, I'm getting married next week, so you can have Carly Rogers now. Like the at Carly Rogers name. Oh, on Instagram. Yeah. That's why I was just going to ask you why you didn't have it. Yeah, because there's a girl in Australia that's had it, and she has been. Fu- I've offered to pay her ten times now. She will not take my bids, and she just messaged me drunk the other day and was like, "I'm getting married next week, so you can finally have my username." Ha ha ha. So how do they do that? Do they transfer it to you, or because it's verified now, it's a real pain in the ass process. But I have to apply for it basically, and hopefully they just switch it. Hers is not verified. Mm-mm. Yeah. No. Nope. Yeah. Way to be a loser in She's Australia. She's just a photographer. She's a beautiful <laughs> girl. We kind of yeah. look alike, actually, which is funny, but. Yeah. It's kind of cool. That's my second biggest country fan base is in Australia. Have I you been a, there? No, never. Want to? Yes. So bad. Overseas is crazy. I hear a lot of these artists, they go to Europe and they're just, they're, they're, they're icons. Yeah. yeah. Overnight. That's right. Thank you again for the time. Thank you so much for having me. This is amazing. It was Let's fun. Let's go party. If these walls could talk, they would tell you all. About the good and bad Generations handed down To me from my granddad I've seen holidays and heartbreaks Good times and